America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration for leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning, this is Kate. At the Nebo Company, we are committed to the advancement of women in the workforce. Over the years, I've done leadership programs, executive coaching, and many other initiatives to support women as they navigate their way to the top. Our motivation at Nebo is to ensure equal opportunity for women so they can realize their highest potential in the workplace, and also to help organizations attract, develop, retain, and cultivate women, and thereby gain the benefits and richness of this diversity at the leadership level. Today, however, women comprise roughly half the workforce. Only 3.2% of the Fortune 500 are C- CEOs are women. Only 14.4% of executive officers in the Fortune 500 are women. So you can see the numbers tell us that this is something we really do need to pay attention to and really work on. For all the advances women are making in the workforce, we ha- do not yet have the numbers that suggest parity. In the computer and engineering sciences in particular, women are only 20 to 25 percent of the workforce, even though these are sectors with very high growth potential. I'd like to introduce you today to two talented and very accomplished senior executive women who are working to change these numbers. Senior Vice Presidents Karen Dayhut and Susan Penfield of Booz Allen Hamilton are bringing along the next generation of women leaders inside the firm and beyond. Whether you're an aspiring professional woman, or you simply want to learn from top leaders whose personal experience yields lessons for all of us, I think you'll be inspired. Good morning and welcome, Susan and Karen. Good morning, morning, Kate. Kate. Thank you for joining me this morning. You both have had extraordinary careers uh, careers in, in the sciences and engineering, uh, fields that are not typically led by women. And I'd like to begin by inviting each one of you to give a professional highlight or perhaps a little snapshot of the flavor of what you've accomplished in your career. I realize it's a huge question, but maybe just tell us a bit about who you are. And Susan, why don't we start with you? Sure, Kate. Um, I always say I'm a small-town girl who made good. I grew up in a small town in central Pennsylvania, and I came to Washington about 25 years ago um, with great dreams of something new, and I found myself at Booz Allen just about 18 years ago and never looked back. As a technology professional, I was able to quickly apply my skills to interesting and challenging assignments, and I was so pleased to be part of an organization like Booz Allen where I really felt like the sky was the limit. I quickly moved up the chain by working hard, working smart, you know, placing my focus on people and our clients. And I made partner just about 10 years ago. Surely it's one of the brightest moments in my career, but a funny story about that. My parents happened to be here for my cousin's wedding the day I got promoted, and the groom at the wedding was um, a Booz Allen employee who actually toasted me instead of his bride, who was my cousin. Oh. <laughs> 
So I never, <laughs> never, never lived that one down. I celebrate my um, rise to the partnership, you know, every anniversary from my cousin. So it's an interesting mm-hmm. story about how partners were viewed, you know, in terms of the Booz Allen staff, that it is a pinnacle in terms of, you know, something to reach and aspire to be inside the firm. So one of my great, great accomplishments. Absolutely. And it sounds like a, a family celebration to achieve that milestone as well. That's right. Takes a village. Um, great. Karen, how about you? Tell us about you. Thanks, Kate. Susan, I love that story. <laughs> um, you know, I sort of think it's funny the way you've you characterize kind of the extraordinary career perspective. I've never really thought of myself as somebody with an extraordinary career. In fact, the way I think about myself is each and every day, you know, trying to do the right thing and the good thing for the firm, the company, the business, our clients, and, and my family. I think one of the things that I consider a real highlight, though, in my career was the fact that I served our country. I'm a Navy veteran. I was an officer in the Navy. And the fact that I had this opportunity to be a young woman leading many, many men uh, in our service of our country is something I'm very proud of. And I think it's taught me a lot in terms of how to take leadership qualities into a business uh, like Booz Allen that really flourishes on the concept of leading through others. And I think I learned a lot of that uh, with my first experiences as a Navy officer I also would just add that, um, you know, I get a lot of support and inspiration from a lot of different places, but um, certainly my family, my husband and daughters provide that support and equally uh, important, a measure of inspiration to me as well. You know, Karen, that is uh, a, a wonderful glimpse for us of who you are and what you've accomplished, and I just want to point out that so often women do exactly what you just did, which is um, credit your family for support and inspiration. And I think that that's, well, I'm not saying that men don't think that way or that they don't say that too, but that's almost a a consistently um, female way of expressing gratitude and inspiration. And and it's it's wonderful to hear you, um, to hear you reflect upon all you've done and also to bring it back to that place. Thank you. Yeah. um, You know, Susan and and Karen, you both have already said things that interest me. Susan, you said working smarter, not harder, you know, learning to work smarter, not harder over the years. And I just want to pause there for a moment. What did you mean by that? Well, I think it's being, you know, being fair, um, you know, willing, willing to make, you know, the tough calls that are out there. I think it's about not how many hours you put into a day. You know, not everyone needs to work 16 or 17 hours a day to be successful. It's really about being efficient, about doing, you know, the right things and, you know, organizing yourself and your teams in a way where they can make great, you know, impact in the business. So I think natural um, skills of women are, we're able to spin a lot of plates at one time and we're able to, um, I think, motivate and, and lead staff in a different way. And I think using that natural talent that we have to do those kind of things is really important aspect of working smarter and, you know, not necessarily harder. also think having fun and um, being passionate about what you do is a, another aspect of what women, you know, bring to the workforce and certainly what I've been able to bring to the teams that I've worked with. You know, Kate, I, I'll just jump on to Susan's answer there for a moment because I know something that she does extraordinarily well that I've certainly learned from is this idea of taking risk on others. 
you know, if you surround yourself with really talented people and you give them the authority and the autonomy to operate on your behalf and you really trust in them, I think that is a real way of demonstrating this concept of working smarter. And I think sometimes we are afraid to take risk on others um, and, and uh, try to do everything ourselves. And yet, working with and through others um, and getting them to do things on your behalf is such an effective and efficient way of leading, but also great things can come out of it. Yes, I, I, I appreciate you illuminating that point, Karen, I was going to ask you to tell us a little bit more about leading through others. And I like that you linked it to this idea of working smarter, really that working smarter is about empowering the leadership of others. Um, Good for you and good for them as well. So I'm curious, um, in your business, what would you say is your reputation? And I'm asking this question because I often am coaching executive women, aspiring executive women, who are really working on developing kind of the name for themselves that they want to have, the reputation they really want to have. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about what do you think is your reputation in the business, beyond the business, and, and anything else you'd like to add about how you got it? Well, well I'll start. <laughs> Susan, go ahead. Go ahead. Jump in. Um, for me, um, first of all, I think it's really important to recognize that you're constantly reinventing yourself and trying to grow professionally. But I think for me, there are two things that stand out, at least in my mind, um, that I would say are my strengths. I've got lots of weaknesses, but um, I would say these two things are areas that I sort of would highlight as something that I do well. The first is I rely a lot on my instinct. I have pretty good instinct, and so I think I'm an instinctive leader. Back to the, you know, being able to identify good people and rely on them to do work, I I think I operate on my instinct both in the people dimension as well as the business dimension. And I think um, they're not 100% right, but my instincts generally point me in the right direction. And then the other thing I think that I'm known for is that I'm a pretty effective communicator, and I can make a compelling case um, to do something or to move something forward. And I think both of that, being an insti- instinctive leader as, as well as being a good communicator, um, I think have, have really um, uh, benefited me over the past. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. great. Thank you for describing that. Susan, how about you? I agree you? with that. I agree with that on you, Karen. <laughs> 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 I would say people would say I'm, you know, I'm certainly compassionate, I'm enthusiastic, um, I'm tough but fair, and I'm somebody who wants, always wants to do the right thing, and I certainly, you know, stand by my, you know, personal convictions. And so when there are tough calls to be made, you know, in a business, I certainly try to look at the situation holistically and do the right thing, you know, for the firm, for the, for the person or persons who are engaged, for the clients who are engaged, but really be able to think about a problem from every angle. And I call that you put yourself in someone's shoes because I really think we need to think about things holistically when we're making tough calls in the business. And I don't think that's always easy to do. I mean, it's easy to manage up and, and do what leadership wants you to do. It's easy to be overcompassionate and do what a staff person or a client wants you to do. But being able to make a balanced tough call, I think, is really important. And, and you know, I certainly feel like that's something I'm known for. So it sounds like, Susan, um, you're known for this balanced tough call, this sort of compassionate um, business perspective. And I wonder, 
you know, I think as women, we're so often trying to figure out that balance between being nice and being strategic or being business minded, you know, can you just tell us a little story where you can illustrate this, this idea? <laughs> well, I got I to come up with stories now. Okay, great. Well, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, one of the things we're challenged with, you know, every day is to, you know, work with, um, you know, work with our clients and ensure that, uh, you know, we're doing, we're making, you know, the right calls around um, client engagements and activities. And I think that uh, one of the things that I try to do really effectively is to engage with those clients on a regular basis. And I know there's been a time where we've had a, you know, we've had a team that uh, may have not you know, done their best work and that the client really had a point of view about what we should have been doing. And I think taking that on directly, um, going in to see that client, having a really um, important conversation about, you know, what we were doing and what we needed to do and, and, and getting that client to agree to sort of meet us in the middle, I think, is a really important aspect of what we do every day. Because usually there are, there are challenges, there are things that are, are, um, are hard to deal with on either side, you know, either side of the dimension, the the client side or on the on the staff side. And I think being coming in as a senior executive and and talking through that with a client, showing them that you care and that you're in it to do the right thing, and that you you find you know what their mission is very important, that you're trying to work with them um, collaboratively to solve problems. I think is what what is really important. And I've had a few very tough clients in my day where. You know, I've had to make some, you know, some pretty tough calls about, you know, what what we were and weren't going to do, you know, in that client space. And I feel like in the end, because I took it head on and because I had the conversations really directly and was fair about it, that these clients respect me and, you know, are still with me 10 years later. So I think, you know, doing that and being able to, to, um, to meet those challenges is a really important aspect of leadership. You know, this issue of doing the right thing that Susan talks about, and I totally agree that she is absolutely viewed in that light. I mean, I think we all learn in kindergarten, you know, what's right and wrong, and we all instinctively know what is right and what is wrong, and yet do we necessarily always do what's right? Because sometimes doing the right thing is hard, and I think Susan just kind of described situations where doing the right thing is hard, but you still have to do it. And I think people really value you and, and sort of are willing to follow you and are inspired by you when you do that. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I'd like to talk a bit more about this balanced leadership and this uh, instinctive quality of leadership that you mentioned earlier, Karen. So please join us in just a moment. talking business talk to an expert call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network facing a new day delivering services efficiently improving citizens lives booz allen hamilton supports the most important challenges of government from defense and economic security to health and cyber solutions, Booz Allen's strategy and technology consultants partner with clients to deliver results that endure. Whether managing today's issues or looking beyond the horizon, clients can count on Booz Allen to help them be ready for what's next. BoozAllen.com slash ready for what's next. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate Ebner. Thank you for joining me today. I'm talking with two women whose impressive careers make a great case study for all of us who are aspiring to bring our best. Susan Penfield and Karen Dayhut are both partners at Booz Allen Hamilton. And we've been talking about reputation, style, uh, how to do the right thing. And I want to um, re- re-enter our conversation with a question that relates to so many of us. Um, Karen, this one's for you. You know, so many women begin their professional lives with big aspirations and then step away or plateau or life gets complicated in terms of, of family requirements and they opt out of pursuing the senior most leadership opportunities. Karen, my question is, how did you know, maybe how and when did you know that you wanted to go all the way to partner level? I love this question, Kate, and and I think it's really important for women um, uh, to understand that I don't think there's any one aha moment where it comes to you in a vision and that's where you're going to end up. I think about my career and my journey through my career as sort of one big superhighway with lots of on-ramps and off-ramps. And so, you know, I've had two children in my career, and I took time away from the work environment to to take an off-ramp. And as my children got older, I took an on-ramp back onto the highway and, and have continued along my journey. And so I think it's been a journey of building confidence all along the way that what I am good at is valued and how what I'm good at, I can actually succeed and grow professionally. And so there's not been a single moment where I said, okay, this is what I absolutely want. I want to be a partner. I want to to lead a business at Booz Allen. But I will say that um, the embrace from the firm, the embrace from certainly my peers and colleagues uh, all along the way is, is so important and has helped me ensure that I want to continue to grow professionally. But but the real issue here is that I don't think there is a point in time that women make the commitment and make the decision. It's a set of decisions all along the way that lead you down this path. So are you saying that there's kind of a, a flexibility to how you look at careers, so what makes sense at this particular time and in the near term is what you might choose versus setting a long-term goal and then just staying, you know, laser focused on that goal. Can you say a little bit more about how, like the, I'm thinking of the highway, I'm thinking of the on and off ramps, you know, how did you have the confidence to know that you could be flexible? Well, I think, you know, I think the women that came before us set the standard for us, right? So they had to give up a lot to get where, they got to, but they encouraged us all along the way that you don't necessarily have to give up everything. And I think part of, part of our challenge as women executives and women leaders is to show and demonstrate to the women that will come behind us that you can have a very balanced life. You can have a family. You can have a career. Uh, you can continue to grow professionally. I think the real 
thing to keep in mind here is that it's got to be on your timeline, that that timeline is not defined by someone or something, that you have to define it. And I think that you have that flexibility in today's environment to define it much more so than the women that came before us. So even if the the career path, you know, typically says every three years promotion or whatever that is, what you're really telling us is define your own timeline and make great choices for you without losing your aspiration and your ambition to go as far as you can. That's right, because your off-ramps may be more extended than others, but when you come back on the on-ramp, then I think that your timeline has shifted as a result of that. Thank you. That's a, that's a really thoughtful response. And Susan, I wanted to ask you if you could talk about maybe someone who encouraged you at a critical moment, someone who believed in you and encouraged you and made the difference as you thought about um, continuing on that superhighway to the top. Well, I think, you know, within Booz Allen, you know, making partner initially is only the first step, and then you progress, you know, in in the partnership. And over a 10-year period in the partnership, I've certainly had, you know, my ups and downs in terms of the kind of things I wanted to do and I was asked to do and, um, you know, success in the business and growing teams, et cetera. And I have to say the one person who really helped me during a a tough time in my career was Karen. And uh, it's nice to have her on the phone with me, but... um, she gave me additional opportunities inside the business where she was already leading a particular aspect of the business and, you know, allowed me to sort of rebuild my confidence after I, you know, went through a little bit of a tough time and um, very supportive and, you know, showcased my talents and asked me to, you know, contribute at a different level than I may have been contributing as as a partner here in the business. So those those relationships that we have, you know, with our peers um, in terms of senior women, especially here in Booz Allen, are really, really important. And we have such a mutually supportive group of women, and I think we look out for each other and we support each other and we try to give each other opportunities to showcase, you know, each and every one of our talents. And so, you know, thank you to Karen for, you know, picking me up when I needed a lift and giving me an opportunity to do something really great in the business. Well, Susan's giving me way too much credit, Kate. She is an immensely talented person, and she did this all on her own, but I appreciate it, Susan. But I think she she really does point out this important aspect that we sometimes forget, our peer network. You know, we're so busy managing up or taking care of the staff down that you let your network among your peers atrophy. And I think... Um, Certainly at Booz Allen, among the partnership, men and women, that peer network is so vital to continued success and growing. And I would add and and certainly emphasize Susan's point that the women partners at Booz Allen are an amazing group of women, incredibly supportive of each other, and really in a way that I think is fundamentally different um, from other places look out for each other both personally and professionally, and it's a very powerful, powerful place to be. One of the things I've learned from my work at Booz Allen over the years is the importance of networking at the peer level, and I really think it's at Booz Allen that this point was most clearly made 
um, I was actually doing some work related to the advancement of women, but also the, the general success of a diverse workforce. And the big advice that one of the, one, one of the pieces of big advice that was being given was not to just net, you know, not to just build a network of people above you, but actually to look laterally and to build that network at the peer level because ultimately not only are those your colleagues that's your support but as you progress in your career so do those people right so ultimately you're creating a a strong net of wonderful relationships that really can make a difference for you Um, have I described that accurately would you add anything to that Susan or Karen Oh, I think you've captured it it beautifully. Uh, I think, you know, Booz Allen is the ultimate meritocracy, right? So the the better you perform and the more you perform, the more, um, you know, advancement is going to come your way. But I think that what's really critical is when your peers note that you are performing. And so your peer network is absolutely critical in both you growing professionally but also recognizing how you're performing at the same time. Yeah, and I think I would just add that our collaborative, you know, culture and the matrix way we deliver services to our clients makes that, you know, that peer network because you rely on each other not only for personal professional support but also to deliver in the market, you know, with our clients. So it it has a more heightened, you know, sense of collaboration. I think that's a great point. And for those of you listening who might not be a part of Booz Allen, I just want you to take away this recognition that paying attention to building a network at the peer level is a part of your important action list as you develop your own career. I want to shift gears a little bit. And Susan, this one is for you. Um, What do you wish you knew then that you know now about executive (laughs) success? Well, the one thing I've learned is that um, good people are essential. You know, surrounding yourself with the best people, people who are smarter than you are, people who will fill your gaps, um, building your teams through, you know, high levels of engagement, encouraging those around you to challenge themselves and challenge the process. The other thing is really about feedback you know, give it, take it, incorporate it into your development process. Leaders need fe- feedback from up and down the chain. So I need feedback from my junior team, from my peer network, and also also from my seniors. And lastly, you know, the thing that we talked about is this idea of your peers. You know, you really need them to support you and to set you straight and to be there for you when you may stray off the path or go, you know, go through a tough time. All those relationships are so important to, you know, your overall satisfaction in work and life. And I think something none of us should take for granted. That's great. So there were three that you said. The first one was um, surrounding yourself with really talented people. The second one was uh, feedback, making sure you're getting feedback from all directions and learning from that feedback, taking that feedback in. We heard you actually re- refer to that when you talked about the client situation a little bit earlier. Um, and then I think the third one is back to the peer network and really cultivating those peer relationships. Um, Karen, how about you, looking, looking yeah, back? Let me just add one to, I think, the three that I certainly agree with that Susan mentioned. The last one that I would say is... <laughs> Take time to live in the moment and gain experience from the role or job that you have. I think so often we are way too anxious to, to move to the next thing, and we don't take the time to really appreciate 
the job or the role that uh, we are in. I, I had a disappointment at Booz Allen about a year or so ago, and I, I, I didn't get an advancement that I had hoped for, and I really took that time to think very carefully about what my current job is and how I could really, you know, take advantage of that role and um, think about it differently and make the most of it rather than being focused on sort of the next best thing. And what I learned from that experience was that this past year, the experience I gained from just being in that moment and taking from that job that I had, you know, and really um, helping to to grow a business and to change it fundamentally from what it was, was extraordinarily helpful to me. And so this notion that, you know, with experience comes perspective and with perspective comes patience, I think I learned that in a very real way. I'm so glad that you shared that with us. I, I, it makes me think about all the conversations I've had over the years with people who are really looking to earn that promotion and get to the next level. And one rule of thumb I, I came up with after coaching so many of these folks is that if, you're, if everything you're doing is about getting promoted, your chances of getting promoted are um, significantly lower than if everything right, you're Kate. doing is about advancing the business or advancing the, the responsibility that you have. If that focus on the self can really actually erode your effectiveness, it, it can be a distraction. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Great. Well, we're going to take another break. I want to talk about your vision when we return. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Facing a new day. Delivering services efficiently, improving citizens' lives, Booz Allen Hamilton supports the most important challenges of government, from defense and economic security to health and cyber solutions. Booz Allen's strategy and technology consultants partner with clients to deliver results that endure. Whether managing today's issues or looking beyond the horizon, clients can count on Booz Allen to help them be ready for what's next. BoozAllen.com slash ready for what's next. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate Ebner, and if you'd like to receive tips, exercises, and I think in this case of this show, an article about this conversation today, please sign up for the Visionary Leader newsletter. That's at www.nebocompany.com. I'm here with Susan Penfield and Karen Dayhut, and we're talking about leadership and we're talking about executive success. We're going to turn to the topic of vision. Uh, one of the attributes of successful leaders is that you are forward-looking, i.e. visionary. In fact, this is one of the top five attributes of successful leadership 
universally, internationally. It's been researched by Kuzis and Posner, and it's outlined in their classic book on leadership, The Leadership Challenge. I am always thinking about whether the leaders I'm talking to are forward-looking or whether they're stuck in the past or in the present. So I want to invite our guests today to talk a little bit about how they use vision as leaders. Karen, why don't you get us started? I, that that is a great book, and I read it, um, and I think that it really emphasizes the point of of being visionary and using vision, almost using a vision in your almost day to day activity. And so, I think um, obviously it's critical to being able to lead uh, both in the marketplace, but also be able to lead individuals and people. And I would like to focus on that latter part in my response to you, Kate, because I think that. You need to be able to communicate an exciting and compelling vision that people will follow. I think people want to be inspired, and they want to follow something that inspires them. So the idea that you can create, whether it's an image of a vision or even a very sort of um, you know written-out vision of where you want to take them, what journey are they on with you as their leader, and how are you going to get there? And I think that, you know, I've tried to use that notion of vision and communicating a vision to get people to do things that you want them to do that they may not necessarily agree with and they may not necessarily have thought of themselves, but they're willing to follow you because they can see the vision and they're inspired by it. So when you use vision, Karen, it sounds like you really mean it the way I often use it, the way I actually I probably always use it, which is being able to describe the desired future state Absolutely. so that pe- people can see it. Yes. It needs yeah. to be tangible and compelling, but it needs to be sim- simple, if that makes sense. It yeah, does. I think that's true. I, I want to add on that, if I could. You Please. know, I, I think about a time about eight or nine months ago when I took over a new team and I was, you know, 14 or 15 partners and VPs that I would, you know, lead for a certain aspect of the business, a functional capability area. And, you know, I was nervous because there's a whole new new group of people that I hadn't worked with before. And what I, and I certainly had a vision for the future. I knew where I wanted to take that team directionally. I knew the kind of things that I wanted to accomplish. But I needed to make sure that I brought those folks along and that we all shared that vision. So I embarked on an effort to meet with each one of those folks, you know, one-on-one and really spend a little time understanding their own aspirations and what they wanted to get out of that team and also what they wanted to get out of me as a leader. And I thought that was the most effective use of my time because when we all came together and I um, parroted back to them what I had heard from them about the team and where they wanted to go, I was able to weave in their own personal aspirations into the broader leadership vision for that team. And it was a really effective way of, you know, of starting out and leading a new group of people. And it's one of those, you know, it's one of those things that you read about, but in action, it, it really works. And I think it was a really important aspect to getting, um, you know, my own leadership um, off to a good start with this particular particular team. I, I, I think that sounds like a terrific example and a, and a great um, experience for everyone to have. You know, it's often the missing piece. Often we kind of know our mission, we know our purpose, and we 
even know our goals at the sort of goal level or the quarter by quarter, six month, 12 month level. But what we're missing is the where are we going? You yeah. know, the, the, that picture of that destination. It sounds like, Susan, your team really came up with something pretty exciting. Or you came up with something that reflected them. Um, what do you think, Susan, is inspiring about a vision used by a leader? It's inspiring about a vision. I, you know, I think that, you know, of all the great, you know, leaders that I have worked for in the past, I think it's really the the ability to, you know, create that enthusiasm and that um, that dimension of where you really want to kind of get up and run after that person and do whatever you know whatever they want you to do. And I think that kind of inspirational. You know, leadership is so important today because we're in really, you know, we're certainly in really tough times as a country. And I think being able to have have leaders who, you know, inspire you and make you want to do more and be more is a really important aspect of of vision, you know, especially today. Yeah, I mean, I think when you think about vision, the fact that a leader has kind of a, a path that they want to go down and a, a projected outcome that they're sort of leading you towards, I mean, that is very powerful. I mean, we have all had experiences of where we've worked for people that are mired in the day-to-day and a very dear friend of mine and somebody I can consider an important mentor to me once told me, you know, it always comes down to the tyranny of the urgent. If you let your mailbox, your inbox manage you, it's the tyranny of the urgent. And what we have to do as leaders is we have to get beyond the day-to-day, beyond the urgent of the day, into a vision where people are saying, oh, gosh, at least this person is forward-thinking, and I can follow that individual. And those people that have that, boy, whether their vision is right or wrong, people want to follow them because at least they've gotten beyond sort of just the day-to-day tactical stuff. I think that's right. That is well said. Um, I would love it if, um, Karen, if you could give an example of something that you envisioned and then were able to make happen. Yeah, I mean, I just in the last week, I I assumed um, a business a couple of years ago that was a long-standing and important business to to Booz Allen, uh, one of our longest-standing public sector clients, and it needed um, sort of a transformational agenda because the way that this this client was buying was changing, and we needed to think differently about how we were going to continue to serve that client. And so I spent time with clients and with, obviously, the staff working in that area and the partners and senior executives uh, supporting that client and crafted a future vision for our business for that client. And it's really rewarding, um, two parts really rewarding, to see the business fundamentally changing um, as a result of that vision. But you know where I get the greatest feeling is when I hear my peers and the team members start to espouse the same vision. They believe in it. They're inspired by it, and they're making it happen. That's been incredibly powerful. Mm. Thank you. That's, that's, a, that's a, a perfect illustration, I think, of what we're looking for. Would you say that you have a vision for your own leadership? You know, I, I think we've been talking about a leadership vision for a team, for a business, and that's really critical. I want to take it into the personal a little bit. 
um, do you have a vision for yourself as a leader or perhaps a vision of your whole life out of which career leadership is a piece? Um, Susan, how about you? Well, my, my major vision is, you know, one, to, to be happy, to be challenged, to make a difference um, in people's lives and to be able to give back. I'm, you know, I want to live, you know, each day to the fullest and know at the end of the day that I did the best that I could do for my family, for my clients, for my staff, you know, for my firm, for the community. So, you know, getting to this point in your career gives you a lot of latitude to be able to do a number of other things. You have a certain set of influence now that you can use in other aspects of your life. And I think it's so important to, to use that in a very positive way and to use it in a way to give back. And I, I think about that, you know, as being a role model to other women um, who are, who are um, you know, working today and moving up the chain and certainly what your show is all about. And then I also think about being a role model in your community. You know, it's very important to take on leadership roles within your community and, and spend time doing, um, you know, volunteer work and, and helping to support, you know, different agendas for different not-for-profits that you might work for. So your vision is bigger than Booz Allen. It's actually a, a vision of a life of um, participating in, in community, of leading and of giving back is what I'm hearing, Susan. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you, Karen? Yeah, I completely agree with Susan. I was thinking about my answer to your question, and, and she characterized it perfectly. My vision for myself is to lead a balanced life. And it certainly includes work. I, I love the firm, I love my job, and I love the people with whom I work. But it is not my life. I don't define myself by, by that. Um, I don't define myself by my title or the role I have. Uh, when I leave this world, I hope that I leave it a better place than I came. And certainly I look at my family and my daughters as a key and critical part of that. And they are an important priority for me, and I always say they are my number one priority. So I have four priorities in life um, that are focused on leading a balanced life. The first is family. The second is work. The third is my community, as, as Susan so eloquently talked about. And the last is taking care of myself and me and making sure that I'm here for a long time to take care of um, all of those other aspects. Excellent. That's great. You know, that, that reminds me, there's a, a wonderful, almost... Um, uh, you know, a very familiar visioning question that many people really like to explore, and that's the, when I'm an old woman, you know, when I'm an old man, when I'm sitting on the porch looking back at my life, let's say I'm 90 years old, um, what is it that I want to have lived in order to create, um, to have created the life that I intended, he well, here on earth? And so often when people take that 85-year-old look back, they really begin to, to understand what the balance of career and family and community and, and self really needs to be for them. And so I invite anybody who's listening to actually just envision yourself sitting on that porch and thinking about what you really want to contribute through the course of your lifetime. We're going to be taking a, another break. Uh, I'm really looking forward to diving into the topic of uh, women leading in a world of work 
where men are the majority. So we're going to look at that and we're going to ask you, Susan and Karen, to please share your experiences and tips and strategies because we know you both have been made huge inroads for women and as women in sectors where there is a minority of women. So we'll be right back to tackle that question. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Facing a new day. Delivering services efficiently. Improving citizens' lives. Booz Allen Hamilton supports the most important challenges of government. From defense and economic security to health and cyber solutions, Booz Allen's strategy and technology consultants partner with clients to deliver results that endure. Whether managing today's issues or looking beyond the horizon, clients can count on Booz Allen to help them be ready for what's next. BoozAllen.com slash ready for what's next. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate Ebner, and I'm talking today to two very accomplished senior executive women working to change the numbers and advance more women at Booz Allen Hamilton and even beyond Booz Allen Hamilton. I'm hoping we'll get to talk a little bit about that today, too. Um, We want to jump into the conversation about how women in professional fields that have a majority of men Um, a minority of women in the field, uh, can be successful. I I find this is a topic that I often am am asked about by women when I'm doing events. Um, Women want to know, how can I be more effective, more successful in working in a primarily male environment? And both of our guests today have lots of experience with that. I wonder what insights you have to share on this topic. Um, Karen, why don't we start with you? Sure, Kate. I think, you know, it's interesting to me. I think so often um, this is a topic of conversation. Um, How do I operate as a woman in this predominantly male um, organization or at a minimum uh, an organization with what I would collectively call sort of a more masculine or male culture? And I think that, um, first of all, you have to capitalize on your strengths. I think women are incredibly compassionate, and they tend to be very transparent, which I think is our two wonderful leadership qualities. Susan's already talked about the compassionate piece. And I'll just note, you know, the ability to be transparent, the ability to share with others, the ability to see others in your own personal situation or to understand their situation. These are qualities that women bring to leadership, which I think are unique, and we need to capitalize on. The second thing I would say, and, and most fundamentally, is you have to have courage. And the courage means that you have to have courage to lead 
and you have to have the courage to speak up. And so often that's another leadership trait of women that we don't necessarily um, uh, do, do in sufficient numbers, which is to speak up and have a voice. And I really encourage women to be courageous and be willing to speak up more than they might otherwise do. Sometimes women tell me that they try to speak up, but they have trouble getting a word in edgewise, that they're uncomfortable interrupting, or maybe they make a point, but it doesn't seem to be heard. What do you think? Oh, I think that happens all the time. I mean, I certainly saw it, you know, when I was in the Navy. Imagine being a young 22-year-old Navy officer and trying to get a word in edgewise. It was really, really difficult. And yet I think we have to figure out ways to do that, where are we seated at the table, as an example. A classic example that I see all the time, women walk into a room, the conference table is filled up, and they take a seat in the back of the room instead of pulling a chair up to the table and taking your rightful seat at the table. So I think there are elements, definitely, of, of difficulty around with which you have to operate but you have to have the courage to belly up to the bar and speak up. And I think that's something we can all learn. The other thing, I think this is a place where women can really help each other. And as Karen and I have taken on more key roles in the business, I think we make sure that we invite, you know, everyone into the conversation. And there are, there are men who are, you know, somewhat in the same situation, maybe who are more junior, et cetera. And so making sure that you look around the table and that you're listening and you're asking for everyone's point of view. So it's a really important aspect of what women leaders can do for each other and for, you know, the broader population of leaders in a firm a great point, Susan. Susan, there are many men in our listening audience. What do you want to tell them about managing, developing, and promoting talented women? Well, I know women are great, and I think we all know, <laughs> we all know that already. But, um, you know, women are valued assets to any team. They are eager to contribute. They want to support the team and be valued as a leader. I think men need to really embrace the women that they work with, challenge them, you know, with tough and interesting assignments, and help them build their confidence and think about them for key roles. Women will outperform, I promise you. And I think that having that diversity of thought, that diversity of opinions will make your team and your business even better. Thank you for that. Um, I wonder, as we wind up on our hour, what advice you each have for talented men and women out there who'd like to achieve their full potential as business leaders. You know, we, you've given us so many great tips. Um, if you could just give, uh, a, a sort of in a nutshell, what, what you think would be really great advice for someone who wants to go for it. So I'll start um, and um, just thinking through this as I knew this question was coming, I think the most important thing that we can do as men and women, to be honest, is we have to try not to act against type. There are certain things that you have that are your strengths, and you need to capitalize on those strengths. I already talked about what I think my strengths are, but I also have some areas where I am not strong. And what I've tried to do is mitigate those weaknesses by surrounding myself with really great people, people that are smarter and more talented than I am and who can mitigate my weaknesses. Um, and I think that so understanding and being introspective about who you are and what you do really well 
and then understanding what your weaknesses are because we all have them and mitigating those with, uh, with just tremendous talent and surrounding yourself with that. Yeah, a couple things I would add is, you know, it's not a sprint. It is a marathon. You need to be yourself. You need to be authentic. You need to build your confidence by taking on additional challenges. As Karen said, you need to have courage. You need to speak up. Ask for what you want. I think you also need to know your topic, always leading with content, you know, having all the faculties that you need around you to run a successful business. I think building that network, your support base, and surrounding yourself with great people, subordinates, peers, and bosses, you fundamentally need to be happy at work to be successful, and I think that is a key ingredient in, in much of the success that, you know, both Karen and I have had. I think we're, we're happy people who enjoy life and who want to make a difference, you know, in Booz Allen and, and in our communities and with our families. You know, Susan, I had, a, I had wanted to ask you to sort of um, play back to you a perspective I sometimes hear about senior women's leadership, you know, the hard work, the long hours, the trade-offs, um, life and work on an intense scale, has it been worth it? I think I'm hearing you say yes. Yeah, absolutely, it's worth it. I mean, I think just the opportunity to have this kind of success and be a role model for other women, I think for us that's really what it's all about. It's the opportunity to teach, you know, to inspire, to build confidence in other women. It really makes everything that we've done, you know, absolutely worth it. You know, we're coming up on the hour here. I want to say thank you to our guests today. We've been talking with Susan Penfield and Karen Dayhut of Booz Allen Hamilton. These women are powerhouses in their businesses. They are role models and leaders we can all learn from. I want to thank you both for joining us today and for the wisdom that you've brought to the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Kate. We enjoyed it. Great. And I hope those listening will join me next week for a conversation with Maggie McGuire, What's a former teacher doing producing award-winning digital media experiences for kids, families, and live-action TV shows? A big vision, a big life, big inspiration. That's Maggie McGuire, the Vice President of eScholastic Kids and Parent Channels Online. So join me next week to meet Maggie, and thank you for joining us today at Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life. Facing a new day, delivering services efficiently, improving citizens' lives, Booz Allen Hamilton supports the most important challenges of government. From defense and economic security to health and cyber solutions, Booz Allen's strategy and technology consultants partner with clients to deliver results that endure. Whether managing today's issues or looking beyond the horizon, clients can count on Booz Allen to help them be ready for what's next. BoozAllen.com slash ready for what's next. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com.